What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man whose prayer of patience is always on his lips, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. You know, we start prayer each time we prepare for speaking, as we just did. And I all I could go to in the midst of my frustration with our internet was to say the prayer, Jesus, I trust in you, the, the prayer given to St. Faustina. Maybe for a man, it's it's more so, but there's this desire to control, and the internet has been out of my control in terms of its uh, strength of signal at our house for since the beginning of the pandemic. Continue to have to lean into Christ because it frustrates me. So <laughs> it feels like those are the ways that where everyday ordinary things like the internet, there's nothing divine or evil about it. It just is a thing that yet somehow if the devil knows that it'll cause a little bit of tension or disruption in what goodness we are trying to do. Yeah. That's where he seems to get it. And he thought, yeah, let's, let's connect uh, with the internet today and see if we can't disrupt it. He tried, but he was unsuccessful. I was watching a, uh, a YouTube channel I, I typically watch every morning with uh, Father Mark Goring out of Canada. And today his topic was that I, that I watched on was, was prayers that we can uh, push away evil, push away demons when we're being tested. And that was one of the prayers, he said, Jesus, I trust in you. I think that's just so valuable for us to just simply go to when we're frustrated. Well, as we are recording today, boy, Scott, on the morning blend, we have had to talk about it. It has been on the news all week long. That terrible shooting again at a school and the tragedy of it is so heartbreaking. And I wonder how long, Lord, are we going to have to endure this? I feel like lamentations that we are begging, we are pleading, and somehow we keep missing what it is that... We need to do to make sure that our children are safe, that these types of shootings never happen. But on this side of heaven, do we ever stop suffering? No, we we don't stop suffering. And that's, I think Christ makes that abundantly clear to the disciples in the Acts of the Apostles when he says, I'm, I'm going to the Father and know that I have overcome um, the struggles of the world. I'm paraphrasing that, but that's what he's uh, stressing to them. And we have to remind ourselves in times like this when my gosh, atrocities happen, but they happen like this one. So oftentimes where I believe young people have been misled and they do indeed despair. And the man who did the shooting in this is so young. And I can only imagine as God witnesses this, that it breaks his heart to see this young man with such anger and despair in his heart goes and destroys the life that God has created both in him and in those children and the teachers whom lives he's took, he, he's taken from this world. So, you know, I just, uh, I think in terms of the ongoing prayer and commitment we have to make, this just reiterates, we need to be vigilant in our prayer and in our focus of hope that Christ gives us 
and not be distracted as hard as it is not to be recognizing this causes such pain for so many people, but we are given a, a, an opportunity at this point to uh, engage the gifts that Christ gives us through the graces of the sacraments. Christ gave us also a way of living. We have the Sermon on the Mount, the story of Christ bringing forward the B attitudes, a way of being. And coming up on today's show, I have an opportunity to talk with Father Casey Cole. His new book, The Way of Beatitude, Living Radical Hope in a World of in a World of Division and Despair. I think this is a book so incredibly timely, especially after getting through this past week, knowing what has happened and then being able to rely on the words of Christ to tell us this is how you get to heaven with all that is going on in the world. I have made a path for you. And then after that, we'll take a, a deeper dive into what he has described and relate it to, I think, the current conditions as well as our own family experiences that we can share with you. So stay with us. We've got a great show for you on this week's View from the Pew. But I hold on to this hope in the promise that he brings. There will be a place with no more suffering. There will be a day with no more tears, no more pain, and no more fears. Let's face it. Day to day, it's not unusual to feel like we are in a losing battle. It's not always easy to keep to our Christian ideals. There is a great spiritual classic from the 1500s by an Italian priest, Father Scapelli, that offers much advice and is titled, The Spiritual Combat. To move towards victory in spiritual combat, four suggestions are offered up. More than all, we must gain an overwhelming confidence in the greatness and awesomeness of God and His profound love for each of us. From this, we must come to rely less on our own judgments and inclinations. Refocused, we can then use all our mind and body and spirit for God. And most importantly, we follow God through a life of continual prayer. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisandi. One of the many ways you can help Mater Day Radio is by supporting our Leadership Circle members. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs. Our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. How can you find out more about our Leadership Circle members? Go to our website at materdayradio.com and click on the Get Involved menu. You'll be learning about a great group of people. Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew. Well, what if we looked at the things we see wrong in the world with empathy? If we dug deep below the surface of people's disappointing actions to experience their pain? And what if we responded with sorrow instead of outrage? Well, if we could do all that, well, we'd be living as Jesus taught us in the Beatitudes. And in his new book, The Way of Beatitude, Franciscan priest Father Casey Cole explores the meaning of the words of Jesus preached and helps lay out a path towards radical change. 
Father Casey is joining me today. Good morning, Father Casey. Thank you so much for joining the Morning Blend. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, Father Casey, you know, when I say radical change, many folks might go, oh, wait a minute. I'm not looking to be radical about anything. But wouldn't you say that being a follower of Christ is being radical, especially in this day and age? Yeah, I think given the last couple of years we've had, we don't like change. We've had enough change thrust on us. And that makes sense, of course. We're always resistant to that. But the fact of the matter is that our world is passing away, as we've heard in these Easter times. Uh, There's a new heaven and a new earth. And do we want to be of the world or do we want to be of the kingdom that is in breaking? So I think that there are some changes that are good because they bear fruit. And I think there are things that may be difficult at first, but we're actually going to be much better for us. And I think the Beatitudes help to strip away what is not good, what is earthly, and allow us to grow in what is very good. Well, Father, let's open up this story of the Sermon on the Mount where Christ gives us these Beatitudes. Who was he addressing at that time? And how can words 2,000 years ago to a totally different people with a different world experience going to be relevant to us even today. Jesus is speaking in two ways here. He's definitely talking about the future tense to these people who are in afflictions. They are people who are hungry and thirsty. They are persecuted. They are struggling. And so what he's saying is endure these sufferings and you will have future glory. And of course, we know that that applies to anyone in any time that is struggling with that. We may not be first century Christians or first century followers of Jesus, but we know that there's a new heaven and that's going to be much greater than what we experience now. But I think what's really beautiful and very powerful about the Beatitudes is that Jesus is talking not just of the future world, but a present world. He he doesn't say blessed will they be, but blessed are the poor in spirit right now in their affliction. And so I think that there's something very comforting to obviously the people of that time. But hey, we experience poverty and we experience persecution and hunger and being an outcast in all these many afflictions. And so I think we should recognize that, yes, there is a future glory that is obvious for us. But there's also something in the here and now in our political divide, in COVID, in all the things that make us so sad and despairing that actually can lead us to the kingdom. And that is the great joy of our faith. Oh, it is most definitely the joy of our faith. And you'll read more about it in Father Casey's new book, The Way of Beatitude, Living Radical Hope in a World of Division and Despair. It is out by Ave Maria Press. Well, let's crack open this book and look at the chapters because you break down each beatitude in kind of a special way. Tell our listeners what they're going to find when they get your book. Yeah, so each chapter is broken into two parts, and it follows a a little bit of a pattern, but we basically want to look at personal stories that I've experienced of this in our world, Uh, things I've struggled with, things I've learned along the way, and what Jesus has to say about that. Jesus offers us this beatitude that doesn't always make sense, and so we try to incarnate it. You know, he is the incarnate word, so how is this word living right now? And then from that, I invite other people to look to their own examples and what we do with this, how we are challenged by this. And each chapter ends with discussion questions and opportunities to put this into practice. For instance, we can look at poverty of spirit, and yes, sometimes that's thrust upon us, but how do we choose voluntary poverty? How do we renounce some of the things, have that canonic experience like Jesus did of giving up some of our pleasures, our comforts in our lives, so that we can actually experience this? Because... The fact of the matter is that the Beatitudes aren't necessarily natural for all of us. Sometimes they're afflicted on us, 
But sometimes we know nothing of these things, and that's a shame. If God is giving us a roadmap, we kind of want to follow it. Oh, absolutely. For many of us, and even I, I recognize it in my own children, the understanding of what suffering is. I mean, to them, it's not getting dessert after dinner, but really <laughs> delving into what people go through in the world. It's so important because they got to look beyond well, just our own circle. It's a great book for all of us. Again, the name of that book is The Way of Beatitude. Well, Father Casey, you're taking this gospel message and the book on the road this summer with fellow Franciscan priest, Father Tito Serrano, on the Bleacher Brothers Summer Tour, 11 weeks, 30 Major League Baseball games, two Friars. Tell me a little bit more about this tour. It sounds fantastic. Yeah, so somewhat coincidental uh, in that it's right on the heels of this book coming out. But this tour has actually been planned for eight years now. We really? came up with the idea a long time ago. And it started as Franciscans. We were in our novitiate, which is our first year of real intense study and learning how to be a friar. And one of the friars was teaching us about the charism, what it is that we do as Franciscans. And he said that St. Francis, Francis and the early Franciscans didn't go necessarily to the churches to preach. They went to the city streets and they preached in language that people could understand. And so he said, we must always go out and go to the margin, just like we hear Pope Francis say all the time. We have to go to the people. And so he asked, where are those people? Where are they gathering today? Because it's not the city streets anymore. And so Father Tito and I at the time looked at each other and we, we loved baseball. And we thought people gather in baseball stadiums during the summer. What if we went to the other cathedral, you know, a place of worship for our secular culture and invited them back home to, the, to our cathedral? And so that's what we'll be doing. We'll be going on this childhood tour, all 30 stadiums in 11 weeks in our habits as just a, a subtle sign of evangelization. We won't be proselytizing, going up to people and you know, asking the question, have you found Jesus? But we hope that our lives invite people to come ask us questions, and then we can offer them joy and uh, the reasons why we continue to have faith in our world today. Well, as we were preparing for our discussion, Father, you informed me that you are actually going to be taking this uh, on a car tour on the East Coast. But when you make the West Coast wing of this tour, you're going to be flying. Now, by the time July comes around, you're going to be here on the West Coast. You're taking in a Mariners game on July 22nd. Couple of days before that, though, you're going to be in San Diego going to a Padres game. You know, Father, their mascot is actually named the Swinging Friar. Aren't you afraid they might mistake you as, uh, well, their mascot? I hope they do. You know, I, I'd love to get on the fields. We've, we've looked into the possibility of throwing out the first pitch. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But, you know, hey, if you're going to use our mascot, we founded that state of California. I feel like we can just throw out a first pitch. That's okay with me. I would absolutely agree with that. Of course, myself, a San Diego girl, been to many a Padre game. And I'm not quite sure when it was that I finally understood that, in fact, the mascot of the San Diego Padres is a Catholic priest. I think that is absolutely perfect place for you to spend a little bit of time and I'd love to point out, you know, as a baseball fan, the Padres had a great history and then they went through some tough years there for a little while and, and now they're good again. And I'm noticing one big difference, and that is that it went from the blue uniforms back to the brown. And so now that they've gotten to their roots and they understand the Franciscans, they're doing well again. So I don't think that's a coincidence. Not at all. You always got to remember who you are. And we as Catholics, well, we definitely need to remember that also. Father Casey, tell our listeners where they can find your book if they're not able to maybe come to a tour and get it from you there and find out information on the Bleacher Brothers Summer Tour. 
easiest way to get the book is on Amazon right now. They have a large uh, storehouse right now. Unfortunately, we, we've got a paper shortage, so that's probably the best place to get it. They've got a lot of them. But you can find out more about the tour on bleacherbrothers.org or breakinginthehabit.org. So bleacherbrothers.org is going to have a lot of information about the tour. Oh, fantastic. Well, Father Casey, we wish you all of the best. Again, you are just a few days from beginning this tour. We pray for your safety as you make this tour and for all of the souls you'll be able to touch on this tour. Before we go, will you end us in a prayer and your blessing? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good and gracious God, we ask your blessing on all those who will be traveling this summer, all those who will be going in large crowds, that they may remain safe, but more importantly, that they may be on mission, that mission isn't just for Franciscans, isn't just for priests, but it is for all of us as missionary disciples, that when we go out in public, we are to witness to you. And so, Lord, we ask that our lives give witness in everything we do, and we ask all this through Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And again, that is Father Casey Cole. The name of his book, The Way of Beatitude, Living Radical Hope in a World of Division and Despair. I will be sure to add a link to where you can find more information about this book and how you can purchase that. And also information about the Bleacher Brothers Summer Tour. You're going to find those links on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Guess who just got back today? Well, as Father Casey said, this book came out. Of course, we know there's no coincidences, but it wasn't planned for his new book to come out at the same time. This whole tour of baseball stadiums will be happening. You know, Scott, you and I, we love to take in a, a major league baseball game. We grew up uh, in San Diego. Of course, we know that there is uh, going to be a little bit of confusion to see two Franciscan friars showing up at a San Diego Padres game. They're going to think they are just super fans. So I sure would like to see them throw out the first ball on that game. But it it is a wonderful pastime. And I love the idea that he said it's going out and meeting people where they are, not evangelizing, not trying to stand up in a soapbox in front of the stadium, you know, pounding on his Bible, but just going and being just a physical witness to their vocations. Well, where people go in order to have time with the family and then also to be able to bring forward this message well, of the Beatitudes. And we know so many mourning now, especially following this tragedy, those that mourn. It, it's heartbreaking. It really is. Yeah, I think, um, no, to your first point, that uh, that they, they go to something as simple as a baseball game to, uh, to be present reminds me of the Pope's um, advocacy of bishops, his bishops and priests to get the smell of the sheep on them. And that's part of that. I think being in the day-to-day simple activities and occurrences that happen in our lives for the, for the priests and the, and the bishops to be connected with that. Um, certainly that's in the midst of this tragic event, what priests and bishops in Texas are having to consider doing right now 
as to how to how to enter into that with a an opportunity and presence of hope and what a challenge that must be as, as a as clergy myself as a deacon I, I I think of how would I respond to the family and to the community other than to say that this is tragic and this is um, this is confusing and unclear. And that is that is truly where our faith is rooted in. It's in the lack of clarity, um, other than Christ is with us to the end. And that is the only statement that can really resonate. And for some, it's going to be an obstacle. And that is the sad part. It's just going to be an obstacle for people to think, where is where is God in this? Where is this Jesus that we hear of in this terrible suffering? Well, that is a great question that cannot easily be answered. And I, I feel for the, the priests and, and the bishop of the area to have to address that issue. But Christ gives them the strength through the grace of the Holy Spirit, especially this time of year of Easter season. We depend on that, that more than ever at this mm. point. And it is already apparent with photos and images coming out from the small town of Uvalde in Texas, the faith of some of these families coming together in prayer, images of crucifixes, images of Our Lady. She stands in solidarity with them also, knowing the suffering her son went through, praying, hoping that that would have been enough for the whole world for all eternity, and yet Again, she has to wrap her arms and support other mothers who also are going through this tragedy. Masses will begin for funerals and, and just the community coming out and really the United States to come out and, and just support them. That's all we can do right now. You know, camps are already taking their sides. It's mental health issues. It's gun issues. Well, right now, it's a heartbreak issue. It's an issue of just holding these people up. These families were looking forward to a, just a summer, maybe a summer to take in a baseball game, right? Plans were being held and now, well, different plans are having to be made. And and we as families, and we just have to stand here and, and pray. We try to make sense of it when really there's probably not a way to make sense of this, but to try to go on, to try to find a better way, and then hopefully to find a solution that is just beyond our grasp that we don't seem to quite get yet. When we talk about radical hope that Father Casey is talking right. about, boy, don't we need radical hope right now? It seems like it's so little to just say my thoughts are with those who are suffering. No, it's time for radical hope only found through Jesus Christ. And just the term radical, uh, we we maybe take for granted what that ask is. But, you know, as Christians, we are to take a radical position, which does not mean to trounce the dignity of the other. It means to uplift the dignity of the other, and not just those who have passed, but also that young man who did such an atrocious action. How do we uphold and pray for that person who has lost their weight completely, and as a consequence, took that, that pain of that loss in their heart to a terrible place of taking lives to try and mitigate that suffering. I mean, it, it just the, the aspect of him taking his grandmother's life first before going to take those kids' life. This young man was completely destitute of hope. Uh, 
And so it takes a radical hope to bring that back to a place of a balance, if you will. And it's no different, I think, than when Christ was facing the, the challenges in his, in his own day, that there were people who had such little dignity for life um, and thought of others as objects. Um, we still do that today. And it takes a radical hope that first is rooted in recognizing the dignity of each and every person as created by God for a purpose. And yet the devil takes such advantage of division and despair, as the book title describes and his father uh, gets into in his book. Division and despair rooted in such tragedy can be a cancer in our society, can truly be something that festers and creates human justice, not Christocentric justice, not what Christ brings, but what I want to bring. As a, as a person who may have been part of that loss, how many of those families are right now going through this tension and turmoil of trying to find where is justice in this? Mm -hmm. Well, the young man who carried out the act is no longer alive. So where does justice come from? And so there's this desire to find human justice, but human justice is not going to correct this. It's Christ's justice. And how do we rest in that and contain ourselves from entering into that division and despair mode and stay in this radical hope mode. I think Father's book is, is so appropriate for this time, but so challenging and requires of us to dig deep, especially this Easter season as we're awaiting Pentecost to, to reconsider, how do I, as a Christian, have radical hope? And how do I express that in my workplace and in the communities where I enter into as a Christian who receives the sacraments and is asked by Christ to be my disciple and be that voice of hope. It tests us to the core and rightfully so, rightfully so, but uh, just encourage people to, to hold on to Christ and to trust in Jesus as St. Faustina guides us in the divine mercy. Mercy is to be found, but it's only going to be found through our uh, connection to that reality that Christ is with us always. Mm. And to surrender our will and align it to his. Scott, before we go, will you end us in a prayer? Yes. Lord, we strain in our hearts and our minds to find where you are in the midst of all this suffering that we witness. But as we witness this, we recognize too that it's dependent upon us to make a choice. And so today, with your grace, with the help of your mother, Mary, and Joseph, his adoptive father on earth, that we find that hope, that they give us the strength in their prayers for us, and together we can continue to be instruments of radical hope in this world. We ask this all in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless and be that instrument for Christ this Easter season. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. 
View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Monterey Radio in Portland, Oregon.